Could you hear that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Did, did you know where we left off, Jacob? Episode 54 of Section 138. As always, I'm your host, Mark Pauly, and I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. What about you, Jacob? Hey, I am excited to finally be back on a weekly basis, so uh, everything's good. It's a new good. record for yeah. you two in a row. <laughs> yeah, everythinging's good now. <laughs> we haven't had this happen in like six months. Yeah. I'm excited to get back into baseball, though. It's been a while. Well, that's always a good thing with you here. We're recording this on February 1st. First off, it's finally February because January was so long. Um, but also, baseball is happening this month. We have baseball games in 21 days. February 22nd is the day um, that the Blue Jays are kicking off spring training. So that's really exciting. Yep. Um, you know, after, again, after January, just a lot of stuff happened in January all around. Um, you know, some sad things and just everything. It just felt like it took forever. And thank thank goodness that, um, you know, baseball's around mm-hmm. the corner. Pitches and catchers support only a few what, a few weeks away, and um, by the end of the month, spring training's back in action, so it's always exciting time. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, I mean, I, I'm always excited for pitchers and catchers reporting, but, like, nothing really happens. Like, you just hear some reports about how, like, a few guys are in the best shape of their life, and that's it, and then they get injured, like, two weeks later. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a um, good point. Yeah. Until March, I but, guess, right? And then once you get into mid-March, then that's when you kind of, you yeah. know, get bored of everything and you just want opening day to come. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's exciting regardless. Um, so, today we're going to backtrack a little bit. I know we spoke about it a few weeks ago, but we're going to be talking about the Astros scandal again because some numbers were compiled by a... Um, hard-working fan. Um, I have his name somewhere. I'm not totally sure. It's... Um, uh, Tony Adams, a Houston Astros fan, he put together the website signstealingscandal.com, um, and he detailed 58 home games of the Houston Astros in 2017 and listened through every single pitch and, um, counted the amount of trash can bangs there were, I guess, and, um, what he came up with, the numbers that he found are remarkable, so, um... I want to talk about this, and especially because the most amount of trash bang sounds in a game in 2017 for the Astros came on August 4th, 2017, which was a game against none other than the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, There was 54 bangs in that game, and uh, the Blue Jays actually lost that game 16-7, to Um, and it was... um, you know, obviously watching that game at the time, you think, okay, the Astros are just a really good team. The Blue Jays are not a really good team because 2017 was a horrible year. Um, but, you know, then there's this, uh, apparently there was sign stealing going on for 54 of the 175 pitches that the Blue Jays threw that night. Um, so looking back at this, it's it, like, this thing is not going away for the Astros. Like, there people keep coming up with this stuff and, and discovering more of the effects of this that um it's really 
quite jarring the actual you know practical impacts of this yeah no um the fact that it keeps coming up and up and more things keep coming out um you know i think the astros completely deserves this deserve this and i really hope more and more things come out to kind of expose them for you know the couple years of cheating that's been going on and um Mark, you re- you referenced uh, this article, and I'm actually reading through it now, and how it actually relates to the Blue Jays that uh, that day on August fourth, and it also relates to uh, pitcher that pitcher Mike Bolsinger, who was actually pitching for the Blue Jays that day. Um, he allowed four runs in a, a one third of an inning pitched, and from that point on, he was never he never pitched in the big leagues again. And um, for, I believe he uh, he signed in Korea or Japan. Uh, he went overseas for sure, and you know it just proves that. As much as the Astros were obviously benefiting from it, um, this this ruined people's careers. This has the potential to ruin people's careers, um, who have you know obviously pitchers who have experienced um, the trash can uh, banging. And again, um, Adam's conclusion is consistent with Ma- Manfred's uh, Adam Man- sorry Manfred's fi- findings, uh, which said that the banging seemed started in the earnest about two months into the season, and there was little evidence. But um, he just, again, there detected bangs um, an average of 30 times per game. And um, another report and part of his project was that uh, Danny Farquhar, uh, who pitched for the White Sox at the time, uh, appeared to notice trash can bangs while on the, the mound, which prompted the Astros to panic and hide the television monitor they had installed near their dugout. In the two remaining regular season games, he tracked, after that incident, Adams heard banging a total of two pitches... Um, Sorry, two pitchers or something per at bat, and it's crazy that you know the amount of numbers that have been piled up here and the average um, that's been going on with the trash can bangings. And it, you know, this just this seems to be a constant thing they started in twenty seventeen, which was their World Series year, and something that you know one of many things they obviously used to cheat. They obviously there's also other cameras they used, and then there's obviously we we already spoke about it the um, the rumors that they're using electronic devices to kind of like shock them when a pitch they was a pitch they were looking for was coming. And, um, again, relating to the Blue Jays, it's just, it's crazy how, again, it's ruining people's careers. And case in point here is Mike Bolsinger, who from that point on never appeared in the big leagues again. So I just, I don't know where they go from here. And, uh, if they can collect more evidence, it's just hard to imagine how you can allow the players to get away with this, especially that they, you know, pitchers knew what was going on at some points and, uh, even, Pitchers like Dallas Keuchel, who's with the White Sox now, he actually came out and apologized for it. And uh, he, he acknowledged that it was going on, but the only thing he said was it didn't happen every game. And that's kind of hard to believe with all these numbers that have been pointed out. But again, these pitchers know what was going on. And um, it's just it's very hard to believe that they did this and have gotten away with it up to this point. Yeah, I do just want to chip in again. In addition to Mike Bolsinger, there was also Cesar Valdez, who pitched in that game, gave up six runs in just over three innings um and that was the last time he pitched in the majors as well so you have two pitchers in this game where the astros steal 54 pitches and yeah anyways <laughs> it's uh it's very annoying well it, it, yeah it's just crazy and then there was one another one just another point i want to bring up uh adams heard banging on 147 pitches thrown a utility man marvin or marwin gonzalez that season the most out of anybody on the team followed by 139 pitches to George Springer, 138 to Carlos Beltran, and 133 uh, to Alex Bregman. Um, so again, and Carlos Beltran, again, was the supposed to be the manager of the New York Mets this season and became the second manager in history uh, to get fired after not pitching a game, or sorry, not managing a game. Um, so it's just, again, 
Beltran was appearing to be one of the people that were kind of um, leading all of this, the scandals that was going on. And again, you know, you just had so much respect for this Houston team and, you know, acknowledging their talent from time to time. And it's just hard to look at them in the same way now. You know, they're, I think they're, they're obviously the World Series wins are tarnished. And, um, you know, even them, their reputations as a player, it's going to be, it's tarnished for now. And it's going to be pretty difficult time for them to try and rebuild that image if they even get to that point. Can I just say, first of all, that this, uh, this guy that sat through every game and listened for trash can bangs, this guy deserves to be like, he he needs a job at like not even just like a, a, some form of analysis in sports like he needs to go to like the CIA cuz that 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 is crazy that he actually did that but um yeah i know but honestly i think one thing that's interesting is that you guys mentioned after may 28th is when the um the number of trash can bangs that he heard really spiked uh he only heard maybe less i think the most he heard up until that day was six against the uh the tigers but after that it was just consistent double digits uh over 20 for a lot of the games over 30 and 40 yeah but i think what this proves is that basically the astros are a fake team and i know that sucks after the whole houston strong and the hurricane that hit them and how this is such a great story that the whole city the whole uh state really was hit by such a bad uh chain of events with the whole hurricane and then they prevailed and they finally made it to the world series again they finally win for the first time uh, but i think you know they don't deserve that i think honestly they are they're a fake team they clearly cheated they knew a lot of the times what was happening what pitchers were going to throw at them and like we mentioned here mike bolsinger uh caesar valdez it it ruined their careers in a way because they haven't pitched since those days that the Astros really took their careers away from them. And I think they, I think a little bit more needs to be done than what's been done so far. And I think I heard some people say they want to, I think the LA, someone in LA said they wanted like the, the championships to be given to them. I think that's kind of dumb in my opinion, but I think the Astros, they have to get their championships uh, or the championship taken away because you didn't, they didn't win. They, they cheated like, it's easy to say, oh, we were the best team in baseball, but we knew every pitch that was being thrown to us. Like that that's just it's awful and I think they're they're fake and they need to they need to have what they accomplished while cheating taken away from them. Yeah, I think my opinion before and you know, going back to a few weeks ago when we talked about this on the podcast, um, I I didn't think that they should have the championship taken away because like everyone knows they didn't deserve it. Like no one's going to look at it in the same way. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at it now with the rest of the punishment, like, other people have been saying this, that they only, like, like if you could do this again and a team could trade, you know, $5 million in fines and two top draft picks um, and your general manager and your manager to win the World Series, like, I'm sure a lot of teams would still take that trade. So, like, I don't know if this is enough of a incentive to not do it again because, like, a lot of teams would trade $5 million and, and two players and, you know, two front office guys that can be replaced. Like, so, and, like, yeah, so I think looking back at it now, I think that MLB should have stripped them of the World Series Championship because a lot of, so many teams are just going to 
want to trade, you know, $5 million and two players for this because it's not that big of a punishment. Uh, which I know is completely against what I said two weeks ago because then I was comparing it to, you know, the Black Sox scandal. But, um, yeah, I don't think... I don't think it was enough because I think teams are still going to be looking at ways to cheat in this way because, you know, it was such a mild punishment. Yeah, um, well, you know, sign stealing, obviously, it's a thing that kind of... I'm sure it happens all across the game, but obviously not to the extent what happened with the Astros. Even the following season with the Red Sox, uh, when they won, there was... You know, obviously the ties with Alex Cora, but there was the reports that they were using the Apple Watches and the dugout to steal signs. But, uh, you know, it's something that I guess I don't know. I really don't know if it's something you can completely avoid. Maybe, again, to the extent that the Astros did it is obviously completely, you know, at this point, it's crazy. The trash, like all the different techniques they use. And, you know, it's scary to think that, you know, there could be other teams doing other techniques that we just don't know about. And again, it only took one pitcher or former pitcher, the Astros, to you know, he's pretty much the only reason why this has gone this far, which is Mike Fires. So I guess you can kind of label him as the whistleblower. And it all it took was just one guy to speak up. And, uh, you know, this has all happened. And the whole organization has pretty much been exposed um, for what they did. And in terms of, you know, relinquishing the title or not, um, it's just it's something that I just don't I don't know if it you know, I just don't know um, if it would happen. The only thing I do, do know is if I'm a Dodgers fan. Um, for those two World Series that they lost back-to-back years to the Astros and Red Sox. As much as, you know, the LA City Council is voting for them to try and get the titles awarded to them, it just, it's something that, even if I'm a Dodgers fan, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want. And it's just something I wouldn't want because as much as, you know, the Astros have been caught for cheating those two years, and obviously years before, years, you know, last year or two years ago or so on, it's just, you know, you st- at the end of the day, you still lost the series uh, based on the results. And... It's just something that, you know, it wouldn't even be, you know, how do you even call yourself a World, a World Series champion for, it's, it's, you know, you still lost. And it's something that, it's it's a tough it's a tough call, but, you know, it's something that I'm for sure on that side of. But then when it comes to relinquishing the titles for the Astros, I, I think the only way it works is if you, re, you vacate the titles and you just, you don't award it to anybody, you just take it away. Um, people would know that they technically won that year, but then, again, they'd be recognized for, you know, their cheating. And, you know, if they if they don't want to go that pathway, then I guess, you know, the just the safe decisions just to keep the titles on them. And then the punishments that they handed out would just be something that would end or conclude this as now they got a new manager in Dusty Baker and they got they're looking for a new general manager. It's just different names. And for the people who were fired and suspended, it obviously tarnishes their legacy as well. And it's you know, you don't know if they'll ever get a chance again in the major leagues. It's, it's possible, but you just don't know um, if they would and how long it would take in names like A.J. Hench or Alex Cora. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't support giving the championship to Los Angeles, because like you said, like, they didn't win it, even if they didn't win it because of cheating, like, they didn't win it, but, um, definitely taking it away from the Astros, I support, and, um, I just, if this ever, if something like this ever happens again, which, to be honest, I think it probably will, because just, it's so easy now with technology and um even through this whole thing we saw some players um from you know 20 30 years ago saying yeah in like the 80s we had tv monitors and we were stealing signs like so it's gonna happen again it's probably gonna happen this season like what some team is gonna manage to do but if it comes out in this light again if it's something that's you know made public by a player like Mike Fires um, made it public with the Astros like 
it's the punishment is going to be exponentially larger than this one was. Yeah, and you know, it just it's hard to just again with the the technology, it's just hard to you know possibly think that it's something that you can avoid. And maybe Rob Manfred's got to make more. You know, maybe he's got to try and make more rules with technology. Maybe he's not doing enough. Maybe there's got to be more rules put in place to at least try, right? But yeah, yet at yeah. the at the same time, he's trying to add more technology to the game. Exactly, in, it's, in it's a tough spot, you know, like robot umps and stuff. So, like, maybe I've heard some people suggesting just like out, communicating the signs electronically be- between like the pitcher and the catcher, which like instead of actually physically laying down the signs, because then theoretically they can't be stolen. But even then, you could, you know, hijack the signal, whatever you're using, whether it's Bluetooth or radio or something, and and steal the signs that way. So it's just it's so difficult, but MLB really does have to crack down on it when they find out about it, or else they they're losing this game. Like it's, anyways, we've talked about this long enough. Um, there's a few smaller things that happened this week that we can uh, run through. Um, Derek Law, pitcher with the Blue Jays, um, also involved with the Houston Astros, I believe. Um, he signed with the Rangers this week, so he's no longer with the Blue Jays. Um, former Blue Jay, who I d- didn't know was still around, but Josh Tolley, um, who obviously was with the Blue Jays in um, 2015 with R.A. Dickey, and I believe 2016 too, um, he last played in the majors in 2016. Um, he is signed with the Yankees, uh, so that's exciting. He, it's a minor league deal, obviously, but he um, he does have some incentives if he makes the major league team, which... I don't think he will, because, you know, even three years ago, he wasn't that great of a player and was only in the majors because of R.A. Dickey. So, anyways. Um, and Kevin Biggio, uh, named as the eighth best second baseman um, by MLB Network. Um, that's in their, their top ten series. Um, so, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. but For Josh Tolley, um, you know, I guess... You know, everyone kind of knew his role. He wasn't really a person that you, you disliked or hated. And, uh, you know, I guess the only way he, in, you know, if he comes back to the majors, I guess you, you need a couple injuries, especially on a heavy Yankees team that's um, rightfully so World Series favorites um, with all the additions they've made. And, of course, we all know the lineup they have as well as the rotation. And then Kevin Biggio, um, again, you said he was 8th out of 10th for second baseman in uh, the MLB. And, um, you know, he... Biggio's got a, a, a big year ahead of him after um, what, he, what he had uh, last year. You know, he didn't, he seemed to, he had flashes or some games where he did, go, you know, again, when he hit for the cycle or he did show his potential. And then majority of the season, he was kind of still, I guess, in an adjustment period. And I think he's going to have a big, you know, a bigger role going into this year. And it's, it's you wonder if he's going to be playing any more positions around the diamond, which is possible. And with the, you know, the Blue Jays, again, they based off of, this season compared to last season at this point, they've taken another step further uh, in their development and in their rebuild. Um, you know, you just wonder, you know, the Jays are kind of stuck in a middle space right now. Um, again, Biggio is one of those uh, dynamic young players. He's kind of overshadowed by Guerrero and Bichette. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting or, you know, looking for a good season out of him. I'm sure he thinks he's got a lot more to prove uh, as well. And, I, you know, if he can be, if he can be as 
good as we, you know, as he's been projected to be, uh, you know, he can be a big part of this team in the future. And again, he's a lot more valuable too if he's he's playing at different di- in different positions around the uh, the diamond. It just gives him more value, and it gives you know keeps some ways for uh, Charlie Montoya to keep keep him in the lineup every day compared to you know days where he might have to sit for other players. You know, just better matchups, lefty righty. Or, you know, if you just people need days off and so on. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, the fact that Kevin Biggio was given this this title. Uh, I think he's only 24, so I mean, he still, ha- if he's already recognized as a, a very good second baseman at that young age, you know, by, who knows, maybe in two or three years when the Blue Jays are potentially playoff teams, maybe even a World Series contender, maybe they will or he will then be maybe one of those stars, but like you said, maybe a little overshadowed just because of uh, Guerrero and Bichette and them. But I think he he honestly is kind of one of the most underrated players on the team. And what I'm excited about is we all remember Devin Travis on how he was kind of like the really good second baseman that they had back in uh, 2015. Yeah, 2015. Uh, they were He was good, but he kept getting injured to the point where Ryan Goins just took over second base. Uh, same thing 2016 they had and then 2017 2018 like they just kind of had to keep cycling through second baseman because he just he was good but he barely played just because of how fragile he was and there's nothing against him I just we needed a guy that to play second base consistently and he just wasn't able to do that and I think maybe Kevin Biggio could take over that and be what Devin Travis wasn't able to be and that was just a, a major league player uh, at a that played every day and don't get me wrong I, I don't dislike Devin Travis I just think you know the last thing you want on a major league team is a guy that is good but can never play because at to uh, you know they don't provide any value if they're when they're not playing and if he's not playing a lot then they don't provide a lot of value and Kevin Biggio he looks like a guy that could you know have a breakout year and I, I'm excited for him yeah I think he can be the type of guy to stay healthy, and I like that comparison with Devin Travis because, you know, Travis could have been, I I think, like one of the, the top ten players in baseball if he just stayed healthy, but, you know, obviously he, he couldn't and he didn't. Um, so, yeah, but that's a good comparison. Um, okay, well, we'll move on to our uh, final topic for today, which is predictions for the 2020 season and I imagine we'll be doing this later down the road um closer to spring training and uh closer to the season rather um again uh but you you know our record prediction so um I can start my prediction is 80-82 and I say this because um I think the Blue Jays are going to be really good in our eyes they're going to be a lot better than they have been before and I think they could give some teams a run for their money in the wild card race. Um, but I don't see it going anywhere past that. I think they're going to, you know, maybe for the first part of the season do, do well, but then kind of fall off the cliff later. Um, but that's okay because like what the goal this season is not to win. It is to, you know, get to a point where we can see ourselves winning next year. Um, so yeah, that's why, that's why I think the, the Blue Jays record this season is going to be 80, 82. What do you guys think? All right. I will go a little bit over and I will say, uh, 83 and 79. Now this is, oh, this is winning in, record. Yes. This is in the case where everything goes well. And as you mentioned, if everything goes well with this team, uh, there's no question or there's no 
you know, debate that this, that, you know, it could be, depending on how other teams do, it could, you know, you could be a wild card contending team. And, uh, you know, last year, the, the Jays obviously, what was the record? 67 and 95. I think that's how they ended. Um, it just, you know, that was obviously a dreadful end to the season. And again, they keep making steps and there's no reason to believe that they're going to be worse than last year. And, um, you know, if you're getting recognition from around the league, from, you know, the additions they've made, including uh, the Ryu signing and, you know, Guerrero, Bichette, Biggio, Gurriel, they're all entering uh, another full season. And, you know, Guerrero, Bichette and Biggio will be entering their first full season. I guess you can say the same for Gurriel, just because Gurriel spent time in the minor leagues last year. Um, if all these players can, you know, play better than what they're initially projected or how they played last year, um, you know, there's no reason why they can't carry this team on their back. And as well, you know, they got young pieces in the rotation that are coming up in uh, Nate Pearson. And if everything goes well, I don't see why they can't. You know, I do think they're going to get 80 wins for sure. I agree with what you said. I think 80 wins at the worst for them. And um, again, if everything goes well, I'll put, the, put them a few games above 500. And maybe it's an, it's obviously won't be enough for the division. Um, maybe it's enough for the wild card race. And then again, you're in a you're in a pretty competitive AL East division. I think the first two spots are kind of. Um, pretty self-explanatory with the Yankees and Rays. And the Red Sox will be a little bit of a question mark if they're going to finish third or fourth. I think the Jays will be th- uh, either third or fourth. I'll say more, lead more on fourth place. Um, it, again, it all depends on what the Red Sox do. There's Mookie Betts uh, trade rumors that are actually uh, picking up over the past few days between uh, one of the West Coast teams, the Padres or the uh, Dodgers. And safe to say if they get rid of him, obviously they're taking a step back and the Red Sox are more focused on um, kind of getting or lowering their luxury tax threshold and they are trying to still be competitive, but it's kind of hard to do that. And, you know, when you're in a market in Boston, when, you know, you have the flexibility to pay for a lot of players in which they have shown in the past few years, but uh, last year they take a step back and uh, you know, this year I see them taking even more, another step back where, you know, the Jays can probably be just as good as the Red Sox. Uh, and that's also if the Red Sox trade Mookie bets, it just, it just depends on how they finish their winter and uh, fifth was obvi- would would obviously be Baltimore. Um, you know, when you look at Baltimore and you compare yourself as a Jays fan, um, you know, you, you're pretty grateful. Um, you know, Baltimore, just being a fan of the Orioles right now would just be nothing but depressing. I just don't <laughs> really know what they have looking forward to in their future. Maybe they have a few pieces, but they don't have nearly as much pieces as the Jays. So I see the, the Orioles kind of sticking, staying put of where they were last year. But And uh, I see the Jays obviously moving up. Uh, which you guys can probably agree, the Red Sox moving back, and uh, the Yankees and Rays kind of dominating the AL East. Yeah, actually funny. Before you said that, I was going to project the same uh, record for the Blue Jays. I think they'll be good. Um, I don't know how good they'll be. I think they'll definitely be over 500. Definitely a big step up from last year with a lot of their young guys getting in a lot of uh, major league experience. Now they kind of they have a bit of uh, a bit of experience to work with, although not much. But you know, still it's better than nothing. Uh, I think honestly, I think the wild card is it's a bit of a wild card, you know, to say the least. If they'll make it, uh, I think a lot of things will have to go right. Uh, in terms of the other teams that they're they're fighting against, but I think they themselves, what they can control, I think they will actually do pretty well. Uh, like, like you mentioned with the the Ryu signing, I think he's a definite, definitely he's a really good addition to a bullpen or to a rotation that's not necessarily, uh, it's not as flashy as it used to be. It's you know it's it's still a work in progress, but I think he definitely adds a lot to that. And I think overall, I think the Blue Jays will surprise us a bit. Um. I think 
like we just talked about, guys like Biggio, who are projected to have a pretty good season. Bichette, obviously, he, I don't think he's going to slow down anytime soon. Guerrero, I think he was a, not, not a letdown, but he, I, th- I think there was too much hype put on him last year. So, to the point where everybody said, well, if he doesn't hit 350, then he's a bust. And uh, I don't think that at all. I think he, he needs some time to adjust. And I think this year will definitely be, I don't, I don't want to call a breakout year so early in his career, but I think he definitely does have the potential to do very well. And honestly, I think the, the biggest thing for the Blue Jays will be what their bullpen is able to do, because I think that might be uh, the most shaky aspect obviously they have uh, Ken Giles at the end which is definitely you know very reassuring obviously after losing Osuna a couple years ago they got a a very reliable guy back there but the rest of them are a lot of uh, younger guys and just guys that are in the in the organization that just kind of they need to have good seasons and looking at their depth chart as of a couple days ago uh, some of the names we saw Reed Foley last year, Waggis Pack last year. He, I believe he started a good amount of times. He was pretty good. Um, but I think it, it's all honestly just about their pitching. I think that's definitely a little. It's I don't know. It, it's not. It's a bit shaky, but I think it just it depends on how well they're able to adjust. And actually, now that I look back on their rotation, Matt Shoemaker, I'm hoping he is able to have a good year. Obviously, last year he tore his ACL pretty early on and um, missed the entire season. But, you know, if guys like Ryu and Shoemaker are able to lead the rotation, and then we have guys like Wagaspak who either, I think he'll be a rotation but a member, but he was just put in the depth chart in both the rotation and the bullpen. Uh but I think, honestly, if the, the younger pitchers can step up and the older guys can kind of add a, uh, a bit of mentorship to the team, I think, honestly, they, I think they'll have a really good season. Potentially wild card. Uh, if they do make it, uh, obviously, we I can't say that they'll win because they don't even know who they'd be playing if they made it. But say they did make it to the wild card and win, I think, you know, maybe ALDS losing in three or four games is a little realistic if they make it. I, I don't think the ALDS is realistic at all, but if they were to make it, I think, you know, they they wouldn't get past that. Let's just say that. But I think, honestly, they'll have a really good season. I'm excited. Wow. ALDS. Yeah, I, did, I, I, I was not even that, thinking that far. I, I don't, it's, it's, it's a long <laughs> yeah, shot, no, that, but who knows? The wild card, <laughs> in my opinion, is a long shot, but holy. Yeah, like, but I think, bottom line, we can all agree, um, like, not to sleep on this team because – I think, at least in my opinion, in all likelihood, they're going to be a sub-500 team. Like, barely sub-500, like 80-82, but um, I think they have the ability to be better, and I wouldn't sleep on them, but I wouldn't bet on them making the wild card either. So, um, they certainly have the ability to be good, um, but I'd say as a fallback, you know, just 80-82, but... I'm excited. I'm not normally the the pessimistic mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, and also just before we wrap things up, I I, I got a few other questions um, for you guys com- for their projected lineup. Uh, Jacob, I know you said you project uh, sorry projected uh, for uh, Jacob Waggis back to make the rotation. Um, you know, I just have a few questions for you guys based on your projections for the rotation as well. Um, in my opinion, I don't see Waggis back making it. I think the fifth starter will come down to Ryan Barucki or. Uh, Shun Yamaguchi, who they signed this offseason. So that's my w- one question. My other question is, uh, do you guys think Rowdy Telez makes the team? 
Uh, just going by Rowdy Telez, I think, I, yeah, I think he does. I mean, he had kind of an up and down season last year, but I, I think, you know, he can either play first base or he can DH. I don't think it's really much of a problem to keep him. I think if he has a, a down year again, then yeah, maybe, you know, I don't see the reason keeping him again, but I think just give him another chance because, you know, what is there really to lose you know, it's not like they're going to uh, make it to the World Series or contend this year. So, you know, kind of see where all the pieces fit in again. And if he doesn't fit in anywhere, then um, then move on from him. Uh, and just to touch the rotation, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with Waggis Peck. I mean, he like I said, he's put on their depth chart. He's put on both the rotation and the bullpen. I want him to, to still make <clears throat> make the team. Uh, if it isn't in the rotation, then maybe uh, a long man out of the bullpen or something. Then, you know, who knows? But I think, honestly, I want to see him. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe Ryan Barucki, like you mentioned, uh, the Blue Jays want to stick to their younger guys. And maybe Trent Thornton, he, he's put on, he's putting number six on their, uh, on their depth chart. And obviously we saw last year, he had some good outings. But I think the, the one problem with him is his... His opponent's average uh, was significantly lower in the first and second time that he um, faced a, a lineup, and then by the third time, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I do remember that it was significantly higher. So on, I think maybe try him in the rotation, but honestly, I kind of want to see him in the bullpen because he, if he's able to get guys out the first few time, like first one to two times through the rotation of their their lineup, then he clearly knows what he's doing. But it's just maybe. He only needs to face a guy once, uh, you know, in a game or in a series through the bullpen. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't know. The rotation, I think it's kind of going to, it's not going to be, it's kind of hard to predict right now because it's just going to be who earns it. I mean, we obviously know Ryu is going to make it. I think Shoemaker will. Uh, Baruki, like you mentioned. Uh, it, it honestly, the rest, I think, is just kind of who impresses Montoyo the most. Um and I think honestly, it's anyone's game at this point, just because they're just they're just trying to weigh out all their options. They're not trying to they're not like set on anything yet until they just they see how everything goes. Yeah, that's interesting because I I'm really high on Brucky. Like I, I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, maybe I'm just remembering the first part of last season where we saw him come up and and tear up everything. But yeah, I think he's going to make the. The rotation, no question. Um, I think, bottom line, for me, the rotation comes down to Ryu, then Chase Anderson, Tanner Rourke, um, and then Brucky as a fourth starter. And then, to me, the only real question is who's that? Who's going to be the fifth starter? Is it Shoemaker? Is it um, Jacob Wegespack? Is it Yamaguchi? Um, and, and I think, in my opinion, it's going to be Yamaguchi mm -hmm. um, because he, he just looks like the type of guy that... Yeah would pencil in nicely for the Blue Jays. I know there was talk about him being in the rotation, and that's what a lot of people think, but I'd, I I, just think they're going to want to try him out in the rotation because, I don't know, I have a, I have a feeling. Um, anyways, on Telez, I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think um, because the Blue Jays got Travis Shaw, and I think Travis Shaw is going to be pretty good, um, yeah, I don't I don't see Telez making the roster. Yeah, that that's a tough one. Um you know, if you go looking other than Telez, again, Shaw is going to be taking majority of 
reps at first base. Uh, I guess other name, you know, another name that can potentially take reps at first base as well, or you know, platoon at DH and rotate with shot would be Drury. Drury can play all around the infield, and he, I think he spent some time at first base. Um, yeah, it's just it's a tough one, Rowdy Tellez. You know, he had the the September he had um, in twenty eighteen was just remarkable. The numbers he put up, but you know, it goes down to the the point that you know September. A lot of September stats can be, you know, it could be it doesn't really reflect your image as a player. And we saw last year that you know Tellez struggled and had a hard time hitting in the big leagues. He went down to the minors for a bit, um, and then he he tore it up. Um, it, like his usual minor league numbers, he came back up and he just never readjusted. So again, it's obviously going to come down to competition in the spring. And yeah, based off projections, I don't think Rally Tellez makes the team either. And, um, you know, based on the rotation too, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Ryu's obviously, and Rourke are locks, Chase Anderson as well. And then again, that fifth starter spot's just, um, it's a, you know, that, that one's up for obviously competition between Yamaguchi, uh, again, Jacob, you said Thornton, uh, and Wagus back. I guess you can even maybe throw Panone in there, even though it doesn't look like it. It may, you know, he may need a few injuries. Um, in front of him for that to happen. And again, don't, again, don't sleep on Ryan Barucki as well. I'm very high on Barucki like you, Mark. Um, you know, he was obviously overlooked ju- just because of the injuries he had. And he started, you know, he started the season on the 60 day injured list. It kind of came out of nowhere. We knew he was dealing with elbow injuries in the spring. His velocity was down and such, but uh, he came back and again, he just didn't seem to be himself. He didn't last that long and they shut him down for the rest of the year. Rightfully so, as he's got a lot of years ahead of him. And um, you know, he, between him and Yamaguchi, I think, will be the final two. You know, I know Yamaguchi, uh, based off his press conference, I believe he said, like any other pitcher who's competing for that fifth spot, he wants to be in the rotation. But, you know, again, when the signing came out too, the, the Blue Jays initially thought of him to be a, a good bullpen piece. So either way, I think he, it benefits the team with Yamaguchi in the bullpen or the rotation. But, um, you know, it's just it's going to come down to the spring, obviously, between the two. And, um, you know, it's always cool to see competition in the spring. Uh, for fans just because of you know the depth they have and um, you know it's always it's starting rotation is always a good thing to look at and especially between last year as well just all the pitches the Jays went through they went through you know just seemed like every night somebody new was starting Uh, they did the opener they just did a whole bunch of things and this year they kind of it's solidifying that they're going to have four people for sure that they can depend on barring injury and that fifth spot's always always a cool competition yeah I mean it's a good situation to be in to have all these choices. I mean, it'd be more ideal to have like a dependable like fifth guy in the rotation. Like the guy that comes to mind is Ari Dickey. We were talking about Josh Tolley earlier, so um, but just like you know that kind of guy that you know is not gonna be great. He's gonna put up a four ERA, four point five ERA, but he's gonna be there. He's gonna eat up innings, um, and and be able to. Drew do Hutchison that. from a few years ago as well. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we won games no matter how many runs he gave up. He had an ERA of five, but yeah. he just won every game he started. So, like, the Blue Jays don't really have a guy like that, or Mark Burley maybe you could consider to be that type of player, but, like, they they have enough players that I think it'll work out. I think the luck will turn in their favor, and they'll be able to, you know, get enough guys to, to put in the innings. Okay, well, I think that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Um, thank you to you guys for for joining me and thank you to everyone who listened um, as always you can rate and review the podcast uh, wherever you find podcasts and let us know if you want to see anything special for next week and uh, well we're all looking forward to baseball in a few weeks so uh, we'll catch you then